Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Lord, thank you for your peace. Thank you for being alive. Thank you for clearing minds. Thank you for healing. Thank you for restoring tonight just by being here. Being in your presence heals us. Lord, we want to honor you and we want to make sure that in no point in this service we take our eyes from you and put it on someone else. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. And that is our heart's desire tonight, Lord. Holy Spirit, help us in this. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and, and help us to, to keep every thought captive, Lord, and, and see what it is exactly that, that's what's on your heart, Lord. Thank you that as we discuss relationships tonight, Lord, as part of this month specifically as a focus, Lord, we know that we can learn a lot from you, Lord. In fact, you are the beginning and the end of relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are part, uh, well, busy with a, a relationship month. So before you get uncertain, this is not the only month in which you are allowed to have a relationship. Um, we will not confine any, any type of relationship to this month, so please don't be afraid. It, it will still be possible to meet your wife or your husband or have a good relationship after this month. Um, this is just, just a month where we specifically focus on relationships. Um, last week, we spoke about a very fundamental principle we've seen in, in Ephesians 5, verses 21 to, 23, uh, to 33, one of the key verses was in verse 21, where Vian shared with us last week. To have a good relationship, we have to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. No, no good relationship was ever a good relationship if it's being done apart from Jesus. If we do not focus on Jesus, we do not have good relationships. So whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a relationship with your kid, if we see Jesus, we can have a relationship. And um, today I want us to go a bit further. Um, as, as Vian shared with us, the fundamentals of relationship and being in the right relation to Jesus, let our relationships be in the right relation to the one that we have with Jesus, meaning him being our focus, always. Him being the one who guides us, always. Him being the example we follow, always. Um, I started thinking about if, if I do that, then um, what will be the first relationship? What, what will be my first relationship? And it was so um, interesting for me this morning when we got out of the car. Esma and myself, um, she decided that she wants to be part of the setup team, setting up the church six o'clock in the mornings. So when we, when we got here, she took the paper out of the car and, and she read, my eerste verhouding. That was, the, that was the, the paper I had with me, the Afrikaans one, my first relationship. And she was like, what's this? 
התחניין. And I'm like, what do you think? What's your first relationship? And she says, my relationship with Jesus. And, uh, and I think to myself, okay, rolling with it. Let's see where this is going. And I said, yeah, how, do you, how, do you, how did you get to that or what happened or whatever? And she said, no, actually, I think my first relationship was not with Jesus. And I told her, okay, who was your first relationship with? And she said, no, with my Mikey's. And um, I said, oh, okay, that's interesting. And um, I gave her a while as we were walking towards the wall here. Um, she said, no, I don't think my first relationship was with my friends. I think my first, first relationship was with my parents. And um, as she said that, I thought to myself, okay, now we're getting somewhere. So she really made a lot of effort in this. But tonight I want to ask you, did you ever trace whatever kind of relationship you are in today to the first relationship and the effect that that relationship had on you? You see, the interesting thing um, as humans we tend to kind of stick with whatever screams the loudest, whatever we get the most influence from. And for many of us, we, we never, if ever, reach the place where we say, my first relationship was not the romantic one I'm in currently. My first relationship wasn't necessarily the one with my friends even, but my first relationship was with my parents. So we spoke about Ephesians 5 last week, and I want to I ask you something. How far back can you remember your first relationship? Can you remember your relationship with your parents? Um, we were sharing at a school Thursday, and we asked them the same question. And as we asked them this question, like for some of us, it takes a while to think, so far back. But um, for, for them, it was quite a quick thought because they're probably still in the same household or in the same context as what they were. At the moment we, we asked that question specifically, we saw some eyes getting full of tears. And immediately I, rea I realized that not for everyone, that's a very good thought. So you also tonight, as I asked this question, what was your first relationship like? How was your relationship with your mother? How was your relationship with your father? Might feel, let's just wait and give this guy a, a chance. He'll go on now. So um, I'm not going to go there. And for some of you, it might be for a very specific reason. For some of us, the experience in our households were traumatic to the, to the point of that we never want to speak about it ever again. And the problem with that is irrelevant of whether you acknowledge what household you grew up in, it shaped and formed your whole idea of relationships. Since then, whatever you think of relationships today, if there was not any point in time that you specifically dealt with it, that shaped everything that you currently use as a defini definition of relationships. 
So let's close our eyes quickly for a moment. And I want you to think about your first relationships. Your relationship with your mother, your relationship with your father, your relationship with your caregiver, the first relationship that you can think about. So as, as I read Ephesians 5 again, I thought to myself, it's quite interesting when we speak about wives and husbands and, and households, and, um, but I didn't think about it as a child. So what I read in Ephesians 5, and I want us to look at it quickly, and I want you for a moment, if, if this is what the blueprint was that God kind of intended, a husband and a wife should look like, in some point in time, a child would have been born and would be able to see this example, right? I don't know how many of you um, remember that in the beginning phases of a child, they don't really, you know, you can't explain things to them. I was speaking to Anthony just before the service and he was saying while, the kids was, while, while their kid was sick, they battled because she can't speak it. But she can see she can mimic. She can follow your example. So what in a Christian household was a child meant to see? And I want us to quickly read, read this in Ephesians 5 verse 22. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And I want you to think quickly for a moment. If you were a child in that house, household and also the husband's part, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I want you to look at this quickly. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. As a child, what do you think would you have seen? I want you to quickly turn to someone next to you and tell them, just for a moment, as a child, not as the parent, as a child, what was the example that you think you would have seen if that was the guidelines of how fathers and mothers were supposed to live towards each other? Quickly turn to the one next to you. I'm so glad you're actually speaking that I can hear you this morning. I was kind of afraid someone got some sort of telepathy going because I said speak to the one next to you and everyone was like I could see lips moving but there were no sounds coming out so <laughs> I'm very glad that you guys are speaking to each other what's the first thing you notice in both of these statements something about Jesus right so irrelevant of what they would see at some point in time, they probably would have said, uh, Mom is going to help you now. Just give me a moment. I'm going to finish praying in a while. I'm going to finish praying in a while, and then I'll get to you. Or a dad behind closed doors, or maybe even the child would have been there, and the dad saying, I'll be with you now. I'm just praying, busy listening what God is saying to me. 
Can you imagine that parent then standing up and going out of the room and, and, and them dealing with each other from a serving as the wife submit to her husband, serve and respect and love and honor her husband. And the husband would in turn love her to such an extent that he would lay his life down for her. What kind of example that would have been? Can you imagine what kind of household that would have been? So if we read further in uh, Ephesians 6, so that's Ephesians 22, uh, 5.22, Ephesians 5.25. And then Paul goes on towards the children and he says in Ephesians 6 verse 1 to 4, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So if we, if we take the context there, and I want us to quickly look at the, at the Greek. Um, I'm not going to speak Greek. <laughs> I'm just going to use some of the definitions. Don't be afraid. If I speak Greek, even an English Greek won't be able to understand me in any way. So in Ephesians 6 verse 1 to 4, if we, if we just define the, the certain people group that, that Paul spoke to, it would look like this. Children in Ephesus. What was Ephesus? It was a church, group of believers, a group of people following Jesus. He said, children in Ephesus, obey your parents. Now, this, this word parents in the Greek is the male it means the husbands in Ephesus. Interesting, right? In the Lord, and not the Lord as a holy, supernatural, all-powerful entity. The Lord as in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the carpenter, the one known as Jesus. Again, as he spoke to the wives, he said, "Focus on submit as you focus on Jesus. Husband, love your wife as Christ. To the children, he says, obey in Jesus, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, husbands in Ephesus, do not provoke your children in Ephesus to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now those two words, discipline and instruction, I want us to quickly look at that. Discipline meaning instruction or training. Listen to the, the Baker Encyclopedia for the Bible. It says, the word discipline comes from a Latin word meaning instruction or training. To discipline a person or a group means to put them in a state of good order so that they function in the way intended. Discipline, in spite of popular misconception, 
is not inherently stern or harsh. Bible translators chose disciple as an appropriate term for one who learns by following. So bring them up in the instruction, the discipline and instruction. Instruction has to do with education. The word instruction here leans towards education. Now, education is something that happened from the age of three. But by then, a lot of the mimicking part of this was was almost finished because they they could speak. They could explain some things to each other. But the disciple part was something that they had to see. They had to see an example. And what would they see? If if they say in Ephesians 6 verse 1, Children in Ephesus, obey your parents, husband in Ephesus, in the Lord Jesus Christ, for this is right. What would they have seen? And what were they supposed to follow? The first thing they were supposed to follow was that he's following Jesus. That's why, irrelevant of whether you read the passage of where, they, where, where Paul speaks to the, to the husbands or to the wives, he, say, he says um, in, in Ephesians 5 verse 25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. As unto the Lord, as Christ in Jesus, teach your children to see and love Jesus. Mimic that first and foremost. That brings us to our first point. What were we supposed to see as children in the household, in a Christian household? We were supposed to see what it looks like to follow Jesus. How does that differ from the household that you grew up in? And I don't mean it's all bad or all good. But what was the intention of the heart? Was it to follow Jesus in everything? The second point I want to get to is what we would have seen as we, as we obey the way our dads love our mothers would be a kind of love that represents how Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I can see what it looks like when my dad loves my mother and that reminds me of what my dad and my mother is teaching me about how Jesus laid down his life for the church. So the child would have learned how to love those around me As my dad loves my mother. Why? Because they're not married yet. They can't learn what what it would be like to love your wife because they are a child still. So what would they have done? They would have loved their friends in a way of laying down themselves for them. And we see that across the whole scripture. Everywhere we find lay down your lives for one another. Carry each other's burdens. It brings together so many community principles in Scripture if this would have been the the, um, example that we've seen. The third and last point I want us to stop at is if they saw their mother following Jesus and how she submits and honors and respects your dad, they would have learned how to submit, how to honor, how to respect and how to obey. 
Where else would they have seen an example like that? If a mother was not the one submitting and honoring and respecting her father, the kid's father. We have seen examples that shaped literally our whole being. And it might not have been this. I spoke to a few people this morning saying, you know what, I grew up in a Christian household. But elements of this I've seen, elements of this I didn't. And every one of us can either be in one of two spaces when it comes to an invitation saying, what do we do with this information? We can either say, Lord, great idea. And we go home and leave exactly the same as we came in here. Or we can say, Lord, we find three things that's very important to us here. Firstly, I need to focus on Jesus so he can teach me what does this look like. Secondly, Lord, I maybe I had a father. He didn't follow you, or maybe he did. But it was shaped in a way that I didn't understand. Same with, same with your mother. So we can either be in a space tonight where we say, Lord, please reveal and teach me what this looks like. Because I can't go back. I mean, you can't go back to your household and experience this whole thing over or whatever. But I need to see this example. Why? Because I have to mimic it. There's people that needs love. There's a community that needs you. Maybe you are currently the leaders of your own household and there's someone that needs you. There's someone that needs to see how you follow Jesus. There's someone that needs to see how to obey and submit and honor and respect. And they will see it nowhere else if we do not start as a community of Christians listening to what the blueprint of a Christian household is. So we can either be in a place tonight where we say, Lord, please teach me. Teach me, Jesus, what I was supposed to see. I didn't. But there might be some of us here that's sitting here that's saying, Lord, I don't even want to pray about this because I've seen and I've felt and I've experienced and I completely shut down the moment I speak about parents, the moment I speak about households, the moment I speak about a father or a mother, or someone that had to take care of me, and they didn't. In fact, there was experiences there that I'm not even willing to go and pray into. I need healing. Or I need you to come restore something that was broken and that was hurt inside of me that I don't know how to get back. I did not have this example. So tonight, as, as we reflect on this, there might be a third group of people saying, I've not, not only seen or heard about Jesus, someone following Jesus, a father or a mother or a caregiver following him and teaching me and showing me, but I've never even made the decision to follow Jesus in my life ever. I've never even been confronted by the idea, by the concept, or may maybe I was. And tonight you might be in a place where the absolute perfect demonstration of love in our heavenly father sending his son Jesus Christ, to come to earth, to restore our relationship with him, to die on a cross, have the Holy Spirit being poured out so we might live, our eyes and our ears might be open. Maybe you are sitting here and you feel I've never experienced that. 
irrelevant of what I would see in a person around me, I've never experienced and I've never experienced the reality of God the Father and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in my life. And for you, it might be important tonight to make a decision of whether, of whether you are willing to allow him to reveal this to you. The real God showing himself and making you new and restoring you. So just for a moment before we stand up, I just want you to sit there and just close your eyes. I'm going to repeat these three ideas. And I want you to quickly allow the Holy Spirit into your lives, into your heart. If you tonight would like Jesus to come teach you anew what it's like to be a child that saw a revelation of what a father was supposed to be, a child seeing an example of what a, what a mother was supposed to be, he can do that. He can teach you. He can teach us. Because there will be no way that we can live a life worthy of the calling we have in him if he did not set the example for us. If we did not allow him to bring that in us. If that's you, just where you are sitting at this stage, you can start praying. Lord, please teach me. If you are sitting here tonight and you feel this whole thing, I'm not even willing to go there. I know exactly what my childhood was like. I'm not willing to pray there because there's hurt and there's trauma. I want you just where you're sitting there, just for a moment, say, Lord, you can see my heart. You see what I'm experiencing, Lord. I need you to come heal me. I understand tonight, Lord, that if I do not deal with this, this will shape every relationship I have. And I will not be able to have a healthy relationship if you do not heal and restore me. If you are sitting here tonight and you're feeling, I value parents and I value households, but I've never made the decision to follow Jesus, to allow God the Father to reveal how he sent his son to save me. I want you tonight to, to be bold, to take courage and to say, Lord, I'm willing to lay down my life. I'm willing to follow you, Jesus. Reveal yourself and come show me. Make me new. While we are busy praying, just as an act of obedience, just stand with me as we pray. And um, keep, keep at what you're busy with, but just stand as you pray. Let's just give this a moment. Don't rush through this. You can close your eyes, you can kneel if you want to. Just take a moment and just say, Lord, this is where I'm at. Jesus, you have the power to heal any kind of emotional sickness, any kind of physical sickness, illness we might have tonight, Lord. And we invite you. As our eyes are closed, just stay where you are. Just let your lips move. Just be honest about where you are. Jesus, we need your example. We need you to reveal to us what honest and true relationships look like. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for showing us, Lord. 
Thank you for being with us and never leaving us alone. Thank you that we can trust you. We can submit to you, Lord. We can fix our eyes and focus our hearts and our minds and everything we have on you. You are the perfect example of a relationship that works. Thank you for calling us into the same relationship with you. If you need some more time in prayer, don't rush this. I'm going to end off us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for changing hearts. Thank you for changing minds. Thank you for transforming us into the people that you intended us to be as your church, as your body, Lord. Thank you for redefining our ideas and concepts tonight of relationship. Lord, and as we spend time in your word, we trust you to reveal to us, Lord, anew what you meant, Lord. As your children, Lord, we, we want to see and we want to follow your example. In Jesus' name.